I think we are masters of disguise and masters of disguise, not just to other people, but primarily to ourselves. And there are certain ways we want to see ourselves because we all want to see ourselves as the most positive aspects of who we are. And that's human nature. That's desirable, right? And nobody wants to think about the fact that they get angry or they might be selfish in certain situations, or they have some characteristic about themselves that not everybody likes themselves or others. And that's the shadow. That's the stuff that we, it's shadow because it tends to, we try to put it behind us. Right? We don't want to look at it. We put it in the dark. And it's also the piece that tends to hold us in place or hold us back many times and keep us from getting that personal freedom that we're always talking about moving toward. The goal of shadow work is to become whole. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. If I say to you, my shadow keeps following me around, what would you think? Well, that's what I felt like for many of these years on this spiritual journey where I was hoping, I was expecting that I would just finally get there. But no, my shadow has been following me around and it continues to follow me around. And that's what our topic is today here on Soul Logic. The topic is what is shadow work? And we're going to talk about that shadow following us around, what it feels like when we are exploring more of ourselves and why it's necessary when we're on our spiritual journey of awakening. Cindy, what's your thoughts on the shadow following you around? Yeah, I think we are masters of disguise and masters of disguise, not just to other people, but primarily to ourselves. And there are certain ways we want to see ourselves because we all want to see ourselves as the most positive aspects of who we are. And that's human nature. That's desirable, right? And nobody wants to think about the fact that they get angry or they might be selfish in certain situations, or they have some characteristic about themselves that not everybody likes themselves or others. And that's the shadow. That's the stuff that we, it's shadow because it tends to, we try to put it behind us. We don't want to look at it. We put it in the dark and it's also the piece that tends to hold us in place or hold us back many times uh, and keep us from getting that personal freedom that we're always talking about moving toward. The goal of shadow work is to become whole. And I'll just tell you a quick story. And I know we have exercises you want to talk about, but there is a Buddha in Thailand. And many years ago, the monks put clay around, there was an invasion coming and the, it was a beautiful golden Buddha. And to protect it from the invaders, they covered it in mud and clay mask. And so it looked, when the invaders came, it was this like dull, brown, ugly Buddha. And they thought oh, that's just some you know small clay statue. The village people have created, right? And they were not interested. So they moved on. Well, many years later, uh, the uh, the shell cracked and they started chipping away at it. And then they uncovered this beautiful golden Buddha again, and they were amazed. And I think if you look at shadow work, it's kind of the cracking the shell or the peeling off that layer of stuff 
that we have acquired through our childhood experiences, through our just life experiences, the thoughts that we have in our minds, you know, this is how I'm supposed to be. And I shouldn't, shouldn't be this way. I should be this way. That's the beginning of shadow when you're starting to should yourself um, instead of acting in accordance with who you are. Well said. I, I was, that word should was coming up for me. And then you used it a couple of times just now. And I love that story because I clearly see the image of it. And it reminds me of the exercise that we have in our course, Roadmap to Awakening, where we have a real powerful exercise that I learned quite a few years ago and have adapted for our course, where it allows us to, through a very relaxed, impactful, meditative process, connect with all of that clay, all of that mask that we have built on top of ourselves because of, as you said, past programming what happened in our childhood, things that we want to forget. We need to be this way. I should do this. People will like me if I do this. And so much of that is ego-driven, right? I mean, it's all about us wanting to be accepted and liked. I mean, that is the core of the ego to keep us safe, but to keep us in a place where we feel like things are good and and people people do like me and, and I am being recognized for something. So it's all of that. But what's so interesting is that when we remove the mask, and we do start to expose our shadow, it gives us a tremendous opportunity to heal and to have compassion and make and make peace with those aspects of ourselves. And what we find underneath, just like the example with the Buddha, is so much more beautiful. It's so true. And most of my daily work is around helping people shed this, this skin, this clay shell. And if you look at it from a work context, it often comes in the form of well, for example, I was working with one woman who she would go to go to a meeting. She would have an idea in her head or like a thought about what was being presented in the meeting. And she would think it and be like, ooh, maybe I should say that. And then she wouldn't. And moments later, somebody else would say the same thing she was thinking. And she was like, ah, why didn't I just say it? Because people were like, oh, what a great idea. And but she was too shy, too cautious, too afraid to be vulnerable to share the information. And Underneath that is some shadow for her, right? The stuff that she needs to work on. And we did do that work and started to uncover what was underneath that shell for her of, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look arrogant. I don't want to ever present a bad idea, like all this stuff that was coming up for her and then helping her work through that to sort of take baby steps to work up her confidence and strengthen her muscles around being vulnerable. But those were just signs for her she was so frustrated because she wasn't living up to the potential she knew she had within her. And that is a sign that you have work to do. And instead of thinking, you know, work is such a heavy word and this work can be challenging, but the goal is so light and so expansive or the result, I guess I should say is so light and so expansive. It's so worth it. I, I wish there was a different work than shadow work because it is so rewarding when you can actually get through it. And I think, you know, it does take some discomfort, but discomfort is not always bad. Think about any Olympic athlete. They go through a lot of discomfort in their training to get the gold medal or the silver or the bronze, or just to compete. Discomfort isn't always something to be avoided. And I think this shadow work does require some discomfort, but the rewards are more than worth it. You're making me think of when you have a pair of running shoes that are, or trainers that are really worn in and they're just super comfortable, but 
they've all, they've almost gotten too comfortable because they're not really giving you the support that you need. And then you buy a new pair of shoes and you're thinking, oh, God, these aren't that comfortable. But it does take time. But you know that there's actually going to be a better performance and they're better for your feet, right? And ultimately, it's going to be a better experience with the new shoes and just a little bit of time. Makes me think of when we're doing the shadow work and and I was thinking, what other word could there be besides work? And it's really, in, it's an invitation to explore. It's an invitation to explore. That seems easier to me to explore our shadow, like shining light on the shadow a little bit to, to make it less of a shadow. And I was thinking when you were talking about the, the, the client and the lady that you were just mentioning, there's so many times that that's really the cause of our anger or cause of our frustration is that we sense that we should be doing something different. We know that within ourselves, we have that potential, but we're not doing it, but we don't even, sometimes we're not even going that next step to explore. What is it? Why are we not taking the action? Why are we not speaking up? Like in her case, why are we not sharing what it is that we've created? Because we're shy, because we think people aren't going to like us. You know, again, going back to our ego, wanting to keep us safe and keep us protected and, and make everything just right. Well, it's never just right. And if we take it more of kind of like us, right? Like, let me be a little bit of a scientist here and see how I perform and see what it's like if I, if I do this and if I explore a little bit, yeah, it might be uncomfortable and there, there is that discomfort, but kind of like putting those running shoes on, I know that if I keep wearing them for a few days, they're going to be a lot better. And I like to say, let's make it a little bit of a game and kind of keep ourselves interested. What can we, you know? How can this, how can this play out? Because sometimes when I'm doing my own work, it plays out very differently than I ever anticipated. And often it's not as difficult, but it just surprises the heck out of me what actually comes out of it. So it's, it's uncomfortable because it's different because it's change. But if I anticipate that that's going to be the case, and there's going to be an element of that in there. I'm usually find that I'm more motivated to continue the process of exploring and going forward. I really like the idea of exploration and that requires the curiosity, which I think you're right. Asking the deeper question instead of just, I think a lot of people, and I'll just go back to this client would just, she would just berate herself for doing it again. Like, Oh, I did that again. Again, I didn't do it. And instead of saying, why am I not doing it? I mean, she knew how to do it. It's like, you just speak up, but she wasn't doing it. So instead of asking, and she would just be like, oh, again, 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 getting stuck in this negative thought loop and stuck in the shadow, stuck in the dark, instead of asking, well, why am I not doing that? Now, eventually she did because we did the work together, but it took her a while. It took a lot of pain for her to get to that point instead of sort of having the trigger and then saying, well, why is that? And I agree many times when I take people through this work, the reason behind the behavior, frankly, is often quite surprising. And once you have the, the knowledge of why you're doing it, it's so much easier to address it than, again, she's like, I know, I just need to speak up. I just don't do it. That's a hard hurdle. That's a hard hurdle to make. But when you go, oh, this is why I'm doing that. Here's the one reason or three reasons I'm doing that. I can tackle these one at a time. I can take small steps. And eventually that shadow will start to lighten up. And I think, you know, we talk about this podcast being called my shadow keeps following me around. I think one thing with shadow exploration is it's an exploration and it takes a couple of spins through it. So as you enter this, this work or doing this process, 
have patience with yourself to know that, you know, it's a shadow for a reason. You've been hiding it for a reason and to uncover it and to let it out into the light, to air it out and let it expand in a positive way. It takes some time and it takes some, you know, maybe a various number of steps to, to do that. It does. And I've, I've seen the same thing in my life that it, you've, I've had to go around the, the ring, so to speak, you know, multiple times, but each time it becomes a little bit quicker and it's a little less dramatic. And also I start to become much more motivated to continue to do the exploration, to do, to do that work, even it's, though it's uncomfortable. And here's another thing. What I found is that once we sit in that place of doubting ourselves and knowing that we should be doing something and not taking the action and not speaking up, it's when we get to that place of real discomfort, of real frustration, that we can then become motivated to start the exploration because we're not designed to be hidden. We're not designed to be covered by a mask. And every every one of us is so incredibly unique that the more we start to do the exploration, the brighter our light becomes, the more the shadow starts to become illuminated, the more incentive we start to have to continue to do the work, to yeah. do the exploration, right? Yeah. There's a concept. I I don't know that uh, there's a gentleman named Richard Rohr, who's an author, and um, I think he's a Franciscan priest. Mm. And he talks about the immortal diamond. And I, I don't know if he coined the term or if he's just bringing it from something else, you know. I'm not super, but I like the concept of this immortal diamond. And he talks about within each of us in our soul and our heart and our inner being, we are this perfect immortal diamond. And I just love that image. And if you think about the shadow, the shadow is all the social norms. You go to college, you get a job or whatever those things are. And if you didn't do that, and you're beating yourself up for it, that's a shadow. If you did do it and you're not accelerating at the rate in your career that you should have, and you're beating yourself up for that, that's a shadow. And that's just kind of piling on and it's covering up this immortal diamond, just like that clay on the golden Buddha. And the more we pile on, the more we pile on, the less our light shines. And what we're really trying to get to here is to let that, I think what you're saying made me think of it is to uncover, like peel all that stuff off and let the light shine that the light is expansive. The dark is restrictive. Shadows are just a marker. They're something that says, Hey, you're not living to your full potential to your clean, beautiful, pure, immortal diamond. And to go explore that and find out why, and you don't have to live that way. You really don't. You can go through this exploration and and peel those layers off. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk more about what those markers are. We talked about the should, but there are other things that can mark or, or spark an idea that maybe there's some more exploration to do. You're listening to Soul Logic, shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at RoadmapToAwakening.com, helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey. What are the markers that would be the invitation for us to explore our shadow? The shoulds are absolutely one. I think another one that I've seen come up in my own personal life is that unsettled feeling 
when I've been unsettled, it's it's exactly that unsettled, like a little bit queasy in my stomach, a little bit out of sorts, um, not really understanding why. Now, in the past, I would just simply ignore it and I would chalk it off to I'm not feeling well today. Today, I am able to step back and I'm able to ask myself and be more of the observer. What is it I'm feeling? Where, when did this feeling start? Where am I feeling it in my body? Sometimes I'll do a short meditation, close my eyes for a few minutes, slow down my breathing and just start to feel into it more to see what information comes up. Whereas before I didn't do that. So some of these markers are an unsettled feeling, the shoulds, the, the real sense of not so much I'm not good enough, but the limiting beliefs that keep impacting our life and stop us from taking action, from speaking up, from, from being seen. For a lot of people, it's, it's the fear of being seen because we were told to be quiet and maybe we were, we, we were rejected by doing something or being seen when we were younger. So we've kept that with us. All of those are some markers that, that I've experienced in my own life. And then what I've understood is that when I have been open to the exploration, while there's discomfort involved, each time that I did it, I felt stronger, I felt clearer, and I was absolutely more inspired to continue the process. Yeah, I mean, you? you're building your confidence, right? And building confidence, totally. Absolutely. And and you're the, I think part of that is just peeling one more layer off of that, your diamond, that immortal diamond within you. I so love that you started with how it feels in your body. You know, heart palpitations, anxiety, depression is actually also some markers for there's some work to be done. I think also doubt is another thing that came up for me. It's that self-worth, when you start to doubt ourselves, that's a marker. The other piece too, I think is when you start to, like if somebody's making you mad or you're having a judgment, like, oh, that person thinks they're all that, or, oh, that person talks too much, or, oh, that person doesn't talk enough. There is an exercise that you also talk about in our course, Roadmap to Awakening, which is the mirror exercise. So what that looks like, and you can explain more, but is if I'm saying, oh, that person is so annoying because they talk so much, then where do I feel like or where am I talking too much? Which is interesting for me because even though we're doing a podcast, I'm not a big talker. So if I have that judgment, that is really a big clue for me to go, hmm, where am I talking too much? And I have to go dig. I have to go figure that out. There could be other many other reasons, but oftentimes if you're pointing a finger at somebody, judging, rolling your eyes, having any annoyance or trigger from a person or they're making you angry, that is probably a sign that you're doing something along those lines. It may not be in that, it may not be in a work scenario. If that's where you're getting triggered, it might be in your personal life or just in your own inner, inner dialogue, but you're probably doing it somewhere. Yeah. Very good point. The exercise is a powerful one. So you, you definitely want to check out the course roadmap to awakening because the exercise is a powerful one. And I've noticed that too, because what it does is it flips the situation back onto ourselves and we're forced to pause for just a moment and evaluate. Ah, so I'm feeling that, or I'm judging that or criticizing that. And, and maybe we should talk for a moment just about the difference between judgment and opinion, because sometimes they can be misunderstood. So my perception of judgment is that it's really coming from the mind. So it's much more of an intellectual action where I see something and I don't like that, or that's wrong, or that person didn't do it correctly. 
but it's really a very solid black or white or either or, right? There's there's no possibility in there at all. And it closes you down. It, it's very constricting. Whereas opinion, what I'm perceiving from it is that it opens us up more. So my preference would be that, but they've offered this. Okay, I'll try it. I'm open to it. So it, it it allows us to be with opinion. We have a preference, but it's not so fixed. Does that make any sense? It's not so, it has to be this way. Yes, you have preferences. So yes, we have opinions, but I would say the judgment has really subsided a lot in, in my life. Whereas in the beginning, you know, no, that's not right. No, I won't do this. No, I won't do that. And it can become very difficult and we can treat ourselves with a lot of harshness when we're coming from that judging mind. And the other thing about judging and criticizing, it does say more about the person doing it than the actual event or other person. So for example, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was being very critical about many things and it didn't matter what it was. This was on a particular outing. And I had to stop for a moment and I said, you know, what are you actually thinking about yourself? Because you're coming from a place right now that every single thing that has happened here is not to your standards. It, and it's not like, well, I wish it was like this. I prefer this. No, it was a very firm, I don't like this. And I, I feel like that says so much more about the person that's judging. It's true. And I, what's coming to me in that is judgment is criticism and opinion is like discernment. Now, your, your friend may not have liked the experience. And that's okay, but it's like to not like it, but to be like, this should be this way, or they're ruining, like they're ruining my day because this experience is this way. That's a judge. That's critical criticism, right? Versus, you know, I would do this differently. This is not my, I don't prefer to do this. Like I'm doing it once, but this is not my thing. That's sort of discernment. That's what's sort of coming to me in the difference between judgment and opinion. That's a great way to to frame it. I think we're not saying don't have an opinion. We're just trying to distinguish, you know, if you have an experience that you don't really like, and it's just not to your preference, that's fine. That's not shadow. But if you're saying this is the dumbest experience I've ever had, I can't believe they would do it this way. Now you're criticizing. Right? Now you're in judgment. Now you're looking at yourself saying, what else have you done that you think is not up to snuff in a way right. that, that you're, you're judging. Right. And then having the guts to be able to explore that is where there can be that discomfort that we talked about in the beginning. Right. And let's say that experience was like a detail was massively missed. So like, where do you miss a detail? Or maybe the, the place you went was filthy, right? So maybe where do you, where are you not clean up, cleaned up in your life somewhere? Maybe not physically, but just, you know, where are you not tidy? those kinds of things. Uh, they don't have to be one for one. It can be somewhat oblique, <laughs> which makes it super interesting. It can be absolutely. And sometimes I remember there was a situation where I was feeling very frustrated in a, a business relationship. I felt like the communication wasn't up to my standards. And after a long time of working in corporate, you know, one good thing about an environment like that is you learn a lot about structure and, and protocol. And you, know, you, you start to become very proficient in certain ways of communicating and working. And this wasn't the case at all. It was a it was a, a business partnership, and I remember being very judgmental, very critical about the communication. 
when I did the exercise, I flipped it around. What I found was that I probably wasn't communicating with myself. And you might say, well, that sounds like an odd thing. Well, what I realized from it is that I wasn't listening to myself. You know, I had some of the answers already. I knew some actions I had to take regarding that business. And I was delaying taking the action because it was going to be uncomfortable, because there was going to be a difficult conversation to be had, because it was something I didn't really want to do, but I knew that I had to do it because of many other things. And when I realized that, I I had to really pause and I had to do some journaling on it and even some meditation on it to just kind of absorb what I had just learned. And I think that's something else about this process. It, it, It can be incredibly insightful incredibly powerful. And if we give ourselves that permission, a really big word, if we give ourselves that permission to explore, to have some compassion, it will make the process less uncomfortable and it will increase the impact of what we receive from it. Definitely. I think also to that, what's coming up for me when you talk about that is two things. One, shadow work is a teaspoon at a time. I love that. I've never heard that before. (laughs) That's great. Because it takes some time to contemplate. I think, I think uh, there's a a system, a book, a practice, I guess it's called the gene keys and it will talk, it will literally, you know, it will give you a profile and then it will tell you what your shadow is and then what your gift is and what your like sort of exalted state is um, for different aspects of your, your profile basically. But what I love about it is it's deep work. I mean, this is deep, a deep exploration exploration and it takes time. And what I like about this book is it gives you food for thought or like what you were just talking about. Like, I'm not liking how this is being communicated. What, what is that? And it, it, I'm sure it took a little bit to get to like, okay, this is my own communication to myself. Okay. I'm not listening. Okay. What does that mean? And then like playing that whole thing out that you just did in a few seconds, I'm sure it took a lot of time and to just allow yourself, yes, put some active thinking to it, but then also just let it percolate a little bit and do some, in my mind, I think of contemplation kind of happening in the back of your mind. It's active, but it's somewhere in between active thinking and meditation. And I think that's where some of the real aha moments can come from. It's sort of in that in-between space and, but it takes time. It takes time. And so I think just having compassion for yourself as you do this exploration is really important. Yeah, great point. And it does take a tremendous amount of time. And I'm going to be fully open here that I'm a little bit stubborn and I didn't really want the answer. Yeah. So I And I avoided some of these practices because I ultimately knew like everything else that I've come to learn in my life about me, that it was going to come back to me. Back to me. Remember in our relationship podcast, I mentioned that the quality of my relationships improves when when I when I work on myself, right? The better relationship I have with myself, the better my external relationships are. So I knew that this was going to be in that particular example about communication, that my frustrations with communication and the expectations I had around communication, which are really powerful because when we have an expectation, it's almost a, an opportunity to be disappointed. So all of these shoulds and all of these it must be this way. Judgments. I had a lot of judgments, a lot of criticism. I had all of this. And I'm not saying a lot of it wasn't, wasn't warranted because in a business relationship, you do have to have certain expectations. I think I went a little bit too far and I delayed doing that work that we're talking about doing that exploration. I delayed it because I didn't want the answer. And I had a feeling I knew what the answer was going to be. 
And I remember I did it several times, the exercise, and I did exactly what you're talking about. I contemplated it a bit. I meditated a bit. I journaled a bit on it. And I was hoping to get a different answer. And I didn't. And I wasn't happy. <laughs> I think I love the honesty. And thank you for well, sharing that. Well, it's the truth. I mean, we're yeah. gonna we're, we're talking about this for everybody. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, even when you know, you don't want to know. I think that's a really important piece to talk about. So it is. And when you said teaspoon at a time, it made me think about that because it was literally a teaspoon at a time. You know, this process went on for months because of my resistance to it. Yeah. I don't know if you have this. I tend to have it in waves. So it's sort of like runs its course. Like, I don't know about you, but like now I can feel some, I'm like, oh boy, I have a a little growth spurt coming. I can, (laughs) here we go again. Exactly. And I know it's going to be most likely going to be something. I'm uncovering a shadow that is going to release me and give me another layer of freedom, but I know it's going to be some work. I know it's going to take some, that contemplation, that inner growth. And I'll go through that, you know, come out on the other side, it'll be great. And then I need a break. And I, I think my body just sort of tends to take a break. Or if something comes at me, I'm like, oh, nope, can't deal with that right now. And then I start to, feel, you know, I'll get through that. Then I start to feel another little thing coming at me and, you know, and then I go through it again. And it feels okay to me to do it that way, to kind of just do it in cycles, to take a rest and then to dig in again and then take a rest. And to do a cycle, to your point, could be, weeks, months, maybe in a couple of years. I don't know. Depends on how ingrained that shadow is in us. But then to take that resting too is I think also been a standard or a norm in my process. The same for me. And I'm going to be completely honest here again. I don't actively go looking for it, but I start to feel that it's coming, right? I'm like, okay, I'm feeling that there's going to be some growth spurt here. There's going to be some stuff happening. And I start to look at what's happening in my life externally, the people, the situations. And I start to think, "Uh uh-huh, this is the perfect makeup. There's something that's going to be happening here. I'm not sure what, but I'm never actively looking for it because honestly, I wish that my shadow wasn't still following me around. I wish (laughs) that it was done. I wish it was fully illuminated and everything was good to go. I tongue in cheek say, I wish it didn't happen, but I know that it really is the only way forward. And we are designed to thrive and we are designed to grow and to become more and change is the only, right? I mean, everything is in a perpetual state of change. So why wouldn't we be in a perpetual state of change? So it gives me the confidence going forward because I know that I've been through it before and I now have more of the tools to make that journey, which can be a little bit uncomfortable, a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I totally get it. I and I am one of those masochists. Um, go looking for it, but it doesn't always. It doesn't know. It, it often finds us in a re- in like an employee review in a relationship. You know, you hear the same issue come up over and over and over. These are all signs. So as we wrap up this particular podcast, I think it's really important as far as action steps is being open. If you do feel it coming, be open, be curious, go into the exploration, and also that you know, the immortal diamond is in there, but peeling off those layers, it's a lifetime of work. You're not going to, unless you're Buddha sitting on top of a mountain. So be patient with yourself. That's really important. And great point about, you know, being Buddha or being up there on top of the mountain in this state of eternal peace and bliss. That's great. And, and I relish those moments when I'm in environments like that, but that's also not the reality. And you just made me think about a coaching conversation I had with a client today where, She was talking about exactly that, how there's a little bit of frustration and judgment around, 
her inability to accomplish certain things that she was able to accomplish when she was in a place that was much more relaxed and peaceful on a multi-week vacation. So let's release the judgments. Let's understand that we have a choice and we always, we always have a choice and take responsibility for not only committing to this exploration, but committing to the process of our own personal and professional growth. Absolutely. And I, my last comment would just be, you also don't have to do it alone. This work is hard. It's deep. Sometimes having an objective person to help you is really important. We do have Roadmap to Awakening, which does cover going into this exploration space. You can work with a coach. You can work with a spiritual director. You can work with a friend who's doing the work as well. But it's really important to have somebody to bounce this off of, I think, and to also help you see yourself from a different, you know, in a new light, literally in a new light. And this work is so worth it. And we hope that you've been inspired to go to get curious and go explore.